0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the John and Jerry uh, n- uh, new swing revival. Neo swing revival. Man, I totally butchered that
1: the, shit. The, the Neo swing guy. I'm more of a. The Sultan, Neo swing. I'm a Sultan of Electro swing, Jerry. I saw
0: that you can't recycle <laughs> your jokes from Twitter that you're using with I can't? Joe Valentino. <laughs> well, it's such a. Star- it's, yeah, you can. He's I guess you can. calling me out jokes. on it. Um i know i don't have all my jokes my jokes on twitter are gone now at this point i i it's so gross i can't do it i still look at it but ugh, twitter's so gross dude
1: you're not you don't you don't lay any jokes down there's
0: no twitter jokes. Not anymore i'm like this yeah. is not a joke you matter you people are fucking gross all of you <laughs> every single one of you me included we're mm-hmm. so gross we're like mm-hmm. pigs in a pen like Just and it's not even around. that many people on twitter it's there are a lot of people on Twitter, but that is like the grossest cross section of of America. Yeah, Every single cross section you, with your sultans of electro swing over there, <laughs> working on your a material, your type five.
1: Well, see, it's just such it's such a niche <laughs> comedy because like the sultans of electro swing joke only works if somebody brings up dire straits, and then it only works if that if people know that. The Sultans of Swing was a Dire Straits album, or was it just a And same? that
0: Electro Swing is a thing? I guess Electro Swing is kind of a popular thing. With well, the it people.
1: was. I don't know if it still is. It was, which you have to know what Electro Swing is, you have to know about Dire Straits, and you have to know about that album, and then it might make sense. So, like, it only makes sense in the context of his tweet, right?
0: Of course, yeah, yeah. Which, now we're just fucking really taking (laughs) apart a whole situation that our listeners are like, I don't even... So it doesn't... It's not a good joke. It was a good joke, but in in context, yeah.
1: Right, it was a good joke in context, but here, and doing the analysis, the play-by-play analysis, is just awful. We've just... I've just destroyed it, and...
0: yeah, it's fucking Twitter, dude. It's what it is. It's Twitter's fault, dude.
1: So, uh, the uh, speaking of the new electro swing um, revival, Jerry threw out some CDs. Um,
0: I threw out a but that's why we're talking about new neo swing or new uh, neo's gross. I don't know even know what to call it. The swing revival of the '90s. John and I were involved in during our drinking days. We were <laughs> yes. two zoot suit riders listening to all that shit and going to swing shows and wearing, ironically, wearing suits and shit.
1: Hmm. Well, you had the fedora collection.
0: Here. I still have a fedora collection, dude. I, I can't throw anything out.
1: Well, you had some good fedoras, though. You don't have, like, the milady fedoras. You were not a... No, head.
0: I don't have, like, internet fedoras. I'm not like, mm, I'd listen to Stephen Molyneux and fucking and Stephen Crowder. <laughs> I told you about the teachings of Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro.
1: Oh, boy. Oh. W-
0: women shouldn't wear makeup, <laughs> milady. <laughs> that got hard. That got real hard. We we're supposed to be talking about recovery, not about me and my <clears throat> proclivities, my journeys on the internet. No, man. I, I hear I'm with you there. Everything. I,
1: oh, we could do a whole separate. Oh, uh, look, yeah.
0: Sitting. I'm in this little empty, half-empty room, sitting here like Paul Mooney, just being like, <laughs> and that's how it goes.
1: My favorite Paul Mooney is my mm-hmm. favorite Paul. He does. He does this one where he's just like, he'll just be like talking about how black people are, this is during the, the turn of the century, and how black people are, are um, the, the focus was off them after 9-11, and he'll just go like, 9-11, baby! And just, <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great special, and he's an awesome dude, and like, I, I, I got nothing but love for, for Paul Mooney. He's yeah, he's funny. a funny
0: guy, dry, real dry.
1: Oh, what's, so what's today? What are v, we going to talk about today? So V, v for
0: Vendetta. Now v we're going back Vendetta. into this shit. I was talking or the V for Vendetta mask over here.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the other one. So I, I thought, so something came up the other day and I was listening to, you know, another alcoholic and we were talking and the thing that kept coming is, I mean, without giving too much away, obviously, right? No, it's don't. not, it's not anybody's business who or what this was, but, um, which I guess implies what it was, uh, by not talking about it. So it's all whatever. So the thing that kept coming up with this was this idea of, um, that drinking and our alcoholic behavior does this thing that violates our values. So V is for the violation of values, and I'll explain this to you. So yeah,
0: explain it to me. I, I I'm going to. I'm now.
1: going to, and I'm I'm gonna. So think about it in the. Well, when my sponsor um, took me through the fourth step, he added that extra column. And he said, John, this column is for what was your part in it. And uh, some of them were blank. You know, there were things that happened, resentments I had as a kid that it was like, I was a kid. I didn't have any part in this. I had no control over anything. But a lot of it was, mm-hmm. what was my part in this In this resentment? What was my part in this bad thing that happened? And – um One of the things that kept coming up the other day was that, oh, I didn't set my boundaries or I would continue to talk shit about the person that I hated at work. And so this violated my values. Right. And that was the phrase that kept coming up. And so we all grow up with this idea of what's right and what's wrong. You know, don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat. I mean, these these are pretty. And I'm not gonna. I'm not interested in getting into like the philosophical. Well, what really is good and bad behavior, right? I mean, we've all agree as humans that live together that we're not going to. We're going to treat each other kindly. Although, you know, I mean, at least that's at least how I would like to look at it. That's what I like to look at. So when we be an optimist, yeah. So when we, when we start to drink and when we start to behave alcoholically, when we start to lie and cheat and steal and flake on people and ignore people and um, do all those bad things, and then comes, you know, where does guilt and shame come from in our drinking? I feel like it comes from that idea of the, the cognitive dissonance of having a belief system and then doing the exact opposite of it, right? So I believe that I should be kind to people. I was not last night because I was blackout drunk, I was angry, and I yelled at this person, and I called this other person a name, and I was selfish, and I was rude. And so this idea that the behavior that we engage in while we're drinking violates the values we have as people, the values we have developed for ourselves or that we've learned from our parents or our, you know, Church, parents, friends, the society, community, whatever. So I just thought this was really, really interesting to me because I had never thought about it that way, that there's this core set of values that I have, that I have developed for myself, and when I am drinking, when I'm behaving poorly, I'm violating those values. And and part of the recovery part for me is getting back to living, living each day within those values, and living each day, um, not not necessarily like, I don't try to live a pious life, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I still no, don't I make fucking mean. mistakes, but that, but that it's important to kind of go, I now can kind of course correct and go, oh, that doesn't really align with my values, or maybe I should say something to that person. You know, boundaries are another thing that I think comes up a lot with me, and so it's like, I didn't really like the way that felt, and if I don't say something, then that's that resentment's going to eat away with me, and this other person's not going to know that there's this boundary that I have, and then, whereas if I just say something, then I'm living within my values, I course correct, and I can move on with my life, and then that person knows, and then we don't have that conversation again, or that thing doesn't get said again that bothers me and I don't have to fucking live with the resentment. So I guess I would want to ask you like do you feel like your values have always been the same? have they changed were you did you look when you were drinking were you were you interested in being kind and compassionate did you feel like you were a good person um, but mm-hmm. that you just engaged in bad behavior? Or was it like... I mean, I know that we're all selfish when we're drinking and that's part of the fucking simp- the symptom, the sickness, right? Right. Um, but, I mean, you probably looked at yourself as a good person. Or, I don't know, yeah. did you?
0: I don't know, I was alright. I don't think I was, like, like you said, pious in any sense or mm-hmm. an exemplary person. I don't think I'm an exemplary person now, but... Um, I, I think on the first part of that, uh, our values are always changing, right? Because what you value as a child, you value differently You value differently as an adult. You know, like right. what is acceptable to you as a teenager is not acceptable to you as an adult. Even with your behaviors. Because who's to say that the way I acted with women was definitely a fault of alcohol. It was just a changing value that I had to learn. and You know what I mean? Like had to mm. learn lessons and realize that this person is another person. So there are aspects of it. I agree with and aspects of it that are fuzzy because everybody has a different set of, everybody's raised differently, of course. So we're not going to work on a binary here. We'll just use you and right. I as our litmus, as our yes. our standard, you know, but like, as far as my values were concerned, you know, same thing. We're both, I imagine we're taught to not try to hurt other people and to be as honest as we could be. And, you know, don't take advantage of people. Don't take from people, you know, but what, but I was, I don't know man it, these actions were they I always wonder if they were when I was working opposite of the those values I was raised with or those morals I was raised with I have to ask myself mm-hmm. that, that's a good question like is it for me though more it's like is it the alcohol my alcohol use is it my frame of alcoholic frame of mind or that obsessive frame of mind that I have what what was it that caused me to do these things now in di- direct action like when I fucking Laid on Walter one night hard. Like, honestly, I just laid on him so hard. And I just let him have it. I mean, I just... What we call the Jerry war, Robble. You know, I robbled on him. I just went on a tangent and yelled and shouted and wanted to start a fist fight with him. And then woke up the next day and felt as low as I could feel in that moment because he was my friend. And I felt really bad. Like, I, it was beyond really bad. Like, I felt devastated for treating my friend so poorly in this row I was having with the world, you know? So that wow. ran... Opposite of my values, but I don't know. You know, that was a direct action of me drinking. But then just in general, like my general values is walking around the world, being half drunk or buzzed or just being hungover. Like, I don't know if I acted necessarily any differently than I would if I were sober. Because, But then that's weird because I wasn't sober then, so I wouldn't know. And now that I am sober, I'm a lot older. You know, I'm in my mid-40s and I'm like not looking at 30, 28-year-old Jerry the same way. They're not the same person, so...
1: So we're dealing with two things know. that are that are happening and changing congruently being right. drunk to because get I, I to recovery to sober go ahead and getting older
0: yeah right because I don't think you're I think you have major in my opinion, we have major sets of morals and major sets of values that are for the most part unchanging unless there's a huge extenuating circumstance and then outside of that those big fence posts there's little fence posts that kind of move constantly, you know like what is acceptable to me, the way I treat people in a certain way. Or like you said, with your boundaries or whatever, where's my boundary lay where I start going from being polite to, to, to rude? Do you know what I mean? To like outwardly mm-hmm. aggressive to these things here. Because, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I guess, what was the time? It was something of values, what were you calling it a va- <clears throat> Well, I just- Violation I, I, of values. Violation,
1: violating right? my values, violation of values.
0: But do you, I guess, I guess what we're, I guess what you're proposing to me is that the alcohol made you, obviously the alcohol, your alcoholism made you violate your values more so than you do now. Which of course is a given because you were impaired, your judgment was impaired and it wasn't impaired for just an evening. It was impaired for years, you know, same here. You know, those blackouts wasn't, you know, where in the beginning the blackout was an event, by the end the blackout was just kind of the standard pretty much, you know. So even those things change I don't know, it's a, great, it's a great question to ask Did it? Yes, absolutely Alcohol, my alcoholism Not alcohol, my alcoholism Still affects my values to this day There are mm-hmm. still things I do That are morally grey At times that I will Totally justify with that That alcoholic voice will justify it Be like, fuck it, you want to steal those movies? Fuck them,
1: <clears throat> fuck mm-hmm. them. They
0: make millions of dollars anyway, Jerry you don't work for New Line Cinema. What do you care? Why don't you go ahead and torrent <laughs> Fuck that em. fucking Dream Warriors, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Torrent that shit. <laughs> Fuck them. Right. You know, I and love, then it, like yeah. I'll talk to my, okay, but uh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. And then I'll talk to my mom. I'll be like, did you watch this movie? And my mom's like, no. How did you get it? And I'm like, oh, I borrowed it. And she's like, you got to stop stealing. That's stealing. And she yells at me and gets really upset because her values are a different way, you know?
1: Hmm.
0: And I go, yeah, mom, I won't do that anymore i love that
1: you're torrenting things that are like decades old i know dude i'm like oh (coughs) you see
0: bill and ted's no the new one ted's no i'm asking my daughter she's seen the first two original ones even though i have them somewhere on blu-ray but i'm like let's just get them here this way let's get them right now i don't really do that though that's just an example
1: no of course of course I like. What did you say? Impairment for years? I wasn't impaired for years. I think that's a good title for something. Impaired yeah. for years.
0: Um, impaired for years, dude.
1: Yeah. So, of course, I, I, I think, too, the idea... So, yes, there's two things going on, right? We all have different values and morally gray. But, but because we see certain things as like a... It's a victimless crime. Right? Cause, right because because it's right. just a digital right. copy of a digital copy of a digital copy right. there's no shortage of them what what you're you, it's a copyright law for people who are making millions of dollars like whatever and so right again i'm not encouraging nor would i condone that kind of behavior no don't do it
0: but it's not nice but
1: i i it's stealing i like get Lee that you says. know you're when stealing you, is it, I mean, how, it depends on how far you want to go. Is it okay to run a yellow light? I don't know. Is that, is that, is that breaking the law? Is that, is that fair? But, but I think that too, for me, when you talk about growing up, there's things we learn as a kid before we start drinking. And and those things are right. pretty solidified in us from our parents and or teachers. Um, And another concept in recovery that I learned and that made a lot of sense to me was, When I started drinking, and when I started drinking alcoholically, my growth was stunted from that point on. So, of course, yeah, I was pouring alcohol on my that this person who was at that point probably sixteen or seventeen when it's when it got Mm -hmm. heavy, heavy, heavy. Um, so I didn't grow any further than sixteen for the next sixteen years. Um, Right. So when I came out of that fog at 38, I really hadn't... I had been behaving like a 16-year-old who had learned to kind of like work the system and I was still able to take care Mm -hmm. of myself. I learned a few tools, a few skills, but like I wasn't doing anything proper or adult-like. I was not treating people in an adult manner. It was all about what I could manipulate and take away. So, So those values although i had grown up i had gotten older they hadn't changed that much man like i was still just trying to fucking scrape by and get what i could to drink and Mm -hmm. so when i think about values it's not so much about stealing because i didn't really steal well unless you well unless you what do you consider drinking (laughs) on the job (laughs) stealing
0: right so we're just this whole podcast is going to be the four, john's fourth step
1: <laughs> i mean right so that's and that's Ed kind mine. of like yeah. d- d- is that with that the the well vodka was is, is it you know was it drinking smirnoff at four o'clock in the afternoon to get my shift started
0: you're not stealing that shit's like water water's free dude it's for the right? people it's made it's by communists the- so it's for the people dude. <laughs> it's for
1: the people um, it's For the people dude you so- just
0: happen to be one of those people there in that bar
1: Mm-hmm. When I lied to that cop when I got pulled over and I'd been drinking vodka all night. And I said, yeah, we had a wine tasting after Self-preservation,
0: work. dude. Self-preservation, <laughs> buddy.
1: So so those things would not fly today for me. No. For me. I would not well, steal yes, from yes. my job. Yeah.
0: Although, no. you know... Take a little handful of olives every once in a while? <laughs> Damn,
1: no, I accidentally... Burger. I put napkins in my pocket, you know, cuz I use them for like hot holds and stuff and wiping things oh, off and I will bring napkins, them home, yeah. cloth napkins. So then every so often I got to bring them back home or bring them back to work and mm-hmm. throw them in the dirty hamper. Now Do you
0: have a moral quandary? Oh, no, keep going. I want to hear the <laughs> you and your fucking moral quandary. So
1: what happened was with my moral quandary with the cloth napkins. I know this is stupid, but let's let's talk about this for just a second. I made this TikTok video where I was making oat milk. And in the video, I used one of the cloth napkins to strain the oats out. And Uh one of my coworkers saw this online and said, just jokingly, and he didn't give a shit, he's like, I recognize those napkins.
0: Mm.
1: And And you were like, I was like, oh, fuck. Well, because I don't want, and I don't even think, I don't know that the owner of the chef would care. Like, this is totally ridiculous. And this is how, you know, how far... I mean, I guess, whatever. So I brought back a bunch of them, at least the ones that were salvageable. Some of them are raggedy or whatever. But
0: yeah.
1: um, But I do need to remember that, that I don't need these fucking napkins, right? So it's not really right. that I'm stealing them because I'm like, my intention is not to steal them. They just come home with me. And right. So just bring them back.
0: But, I guess your crime was you just didn't return them in a timely manner, John. It's not right. like you <laughs> took them into, like being like, I'm going to make a shitload of oat milk. And a video about it. Uh-huh. And Rub like it that video poorly.
1: <laughs>
0: All your food videos, man. You, you gotta use that ring light in the food video, I think. Because I've enough. seen some of your food videos and I'm like, you're using the overheads there and you shouldn't.
1: Yeah, I need to get some extra lighting for sure.
0: Just I, a headlamp. Just a headlamp? Just a headlamp, yeah, okay. and there you go. <laughs> anyway, let's continue on this. story. Well, I don't so, want to critique your your fucking cooking videos, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, I don't want to cross your boundaries there. You can't. You can go to. You can go
1: to my YouTube page. You can. You but anyhow. If you've got some insight about lighting, please let me know.
0: Yeah. What is so, it at Sonic John? No, it's Sonic John YouTube. Sonic What's John.
1: You- same thing. I think it's just John Staley on the YouTube. John Staley. Um, Look him up on um, YouTube.
0: He's got some interesting stuff. There's some. There's definitely some. He does. Stuff. That, I don't. Wait. <laughs> hold on. Did you attach that, that camera to a fan? Did you strap a GoPro Mm -hmm. to a fan? That was smart. I I like that.
1: So I strapped my iPhone to the fan with rubber bands. Uh Now here's the thing: (laughs) centrifugal force. Uh huh. And if you don't attach it this way and this way, that's when it Uh slid out and it slammed against the cabinet, which has glass walls, like glass doors. Break
0: the cabinet.
1: Uh These are not my cabinets. Right. Nothing happened. It didn't hit hard enough. But I was like, right. Can you imagine if I had to fucking explain to my landlady why yes. there was a crack in the fucking liquor cabinet? <laughs> glass yeah, well, the- it was
0: a fucking iPhone that I had strapped to the fan. By the way, I think I may have broken the fan as well. <laughs> 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 You're like for a TikTok video. Yeah, basically. And I'm in my 40s, and I'm on TikTok just rocking it. So That's awesome.
1: So I'm really sorry that I broke the glass on the, ca- the liquor cabinet. I'm cabinets.
0: sorry. <laughs> mr. mrs. landlady johansson mm-hmm. landlady that's so, so funny so anyway, when i yeah so yeah, it's like I'm interrupting too much I no
1: apologize. it's fine it's fine it's just in that that moment when i made that video which i was really proud of i thought it was pretty cool like it was a smart idea i thought
0: look what oh the fan one or the oat milk one
1: the fan one
0: yeah, yeah. the oat milk one was fine too it just you just need a little bit better lighting I'm just it was being not I was cruel. I'm being cruel. Yes. I apologize. I,
1: no no no. I did not put a lot of uh, production value into that one. I was just I just mm-hmm. did it all handheld like with the overhead. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> wait, wait. Hold on, wait, I gotta t- my favorite thing so far is you did a gluten is not your problem with Walter, a video of him making butter with a mm-hmm. marble, and of course he forgets to put fucking salt in the butter because that's Walter. But then one of the comments is like, why don't you just use a blender? And I thought that was so fucking funny because he's like <laughs> buying these marbles or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, why aren't you using a fucking blender or like a food processor? Roboku,
1: yeah. Dude. I don't know. Because he's Telling Walter, me. because he's going to go to the fucking thrift store to buy some used mouse, computer mice, mouses. And then take the rubber balls out of them from like 1991. Plus, on top of
0: that, I don't know if the mouse balls are food safe. Like, are they leaching any type of BPE or chemical into his butter when he's agitating it? Like, is, is I I'm assuming he's sterilizing the mouse balls?
1: He he washes I would them. Hope he so. washed them. I mean, yeah, but you have okay. no. I don't. I have no idea. I think it may be it's just rubber. But I, think don't, I don't just know. Rubber too, but. I don't know.
0: Anyhow, funny as hell. Cause so. It was just like, why don't you use a food processor? And I was like, because that yeah, would be right? too fucking easy. And Walter does nothing easy. Yeah. Uh, so I
1: think when I think about the values that I have, going back to that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the moral quandaries I have today are a far right. cry from the ones I had while I was drinking. Because not only Absolutely. was my growth stunted, I was impaired for years you know i was drunk all of the time and that is not right that's not hyperbole to say that right i was drunk all the time it's crazy to think now
0: yeah i lived with you right so you bring up a really good point about talking about the stunting of your emotional growth once you start drinking alcoholically which is really interesting because it does kind of push on like my observation and it kind of challenges me which i like because you're right you don't really like i talk about the big ones that don't change and the little ones that kind of change the little kind of morals and values but maybe the little mm-hmm. morals and values will waver but not make major changes because you're still working with those those same sets of morals and values they do you know what i mean that you have as a 60 year old so let's take my relationship with women right i mm-hmm. always i never once i started drinking alcoholically around you know 18 19 My concept of being with another person never really changed throughout those years. It was always the same kind of thing because that's all I ever knew and I never – I was too fucked up to learn any different, right? Right. Which now goes against my morals the way that I relate to my wife and the way our relationship is, you know. And we were in a relationship when I was a young – when we were younger like in our 20s and teens and it was – I was vastly different then than it is now, you know. But I look at that the differences between the two and how those things do change once you start sobering up. So you are absolutely right. Like maybe they do stay a lot more static because you're working with those tools, those set of tools you have when you start drinking alcoholically. Yeah. And and I'm instead of being more flexible, you know.
1: You know, another thing is I've heard it talked about how your your world gets very small when you drink. And, yes, yeah. And mm-hmm. so and so for me my world was not only small as in you know work drink sleep work drink work to drink to pass out to sleep and on and on and on but it became repetitive right. and so it was this sort of groundhog's day of every single day being exactly the same and so I wasn't interested in any sort of growth at all right it was literally right. that sort of um shark in the water Always moving, looking for booze, and so every mm-hmm. every action was in some way simply trying to feed my desire for for booze. Or right, you know, I mean, all of them. Even even the yeah. sexual desires, even the mm-hmm. the emotional desires, it right. was all like, well, booze will fix it. Booze will make it better. So there was no there was no concept of growth or change. At all, for like 18 years or whatever it was. Right. At all. It was just, I'm going to be a bartender. I'm going to drink. I'm going to party. I'm going to spend all my money. I'm going to, you know, if, if we can't have fun, then there's no point in being with anyone. If we're not having fun, then we need to just right. quit it. The only people I want to hang out with are people who want to go and fucking party. Right. You know? and it's so not, That's trip, man. That's it. That's all that I wanted. Like Like I'm thinking about the
0: Yeah. uh, Yes. Yes. And I'm thinking like you making that statement. I'm thinking about the time even we spent together and like basically everything we did was just getting drunk in different places. So it was like, let's go camping. We went camping one time that one time we went camping that was Mm -hmm. a group and it was just so we can go get drunk in the woods. That was it. It wasn't about like you know what I mean or like remember when we went to uh, I don't know if it was Alki Beach or one of those beaches we were drinking vodka out of powerade bottles screaming on Rick James bitch out the window, and uh, and and there was like a whole line of really physique very well fit men in black speedos and you were like yes and I was like yo that's the gay mafia yes and I didn't mean that in a negative way just the, the, well anyway, it's because it, it was matter. not it wasn't
1: Alki anyhow yes yes. Yeah. It was in a predominantly gay neighborhood in Seattle and it was called, I can't remember, but yes, I remember but you it was, saying that. That
0: wasn't about going swimming on that super nice day. It was about getting drunk near water. Do you know what I mean? Like every bar we'd go to was about getting drunk in a different room. So you'd be like, let's go here this fancy bar with the hot nuts. And then we'd eat hot nuts and get drunk in a fancy bar. And then you're like, now we're going to Ed's courthouse, which is a dump. So let's go drink in that dump now. And then Mm -hmm. it was like every action we did. So when you say everything revolved around alcohol, like it sounds simplistic, but it's the absolute truth. It's like everything was fueled by it. It was either about to get it how to get it, how to attain it, and then how to drink it, and then how to deal with the fallout from drinking it. And those those are like the three main facets of our lives, you know. And, and everything else the around values. it was just the distraction. If I'm going to date a girl or hook up with somebody, I'm hooking up with this person mostly because they like to get fucked up, because that's the only place I'm going to meet them is in a bar or around my friends who all get fucked up. You know, like I never understood meeting a girl in a grocery store, or meeting a woman at the library, or, or at a social function that mm-hmm. did not involve alcohol. Like, I, I could not even fathom that in my life. So, yeah, my morals and values, once again, bent, <clears throat> bent around to fit alcohol in it. It's like alcohol just got jammed in there, and then everything had to bend and manipulate and get all fucked up to fit it in there, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Like, I just pictured jamming everything. a
0: bowling ball into, like, a sock. You know what I mean? Like, if you work hard mm-hmm. enough and get that fucker in you have to tear the shit out of the sock, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a bad analogy, but you know what I mean, though, right? I yeah. do. No, it's yeah.
1: fair enough. That's a, that's a great analogy. That's how yeah. it felt. I mean, I I'm even full think of them, about man. bam, bam, <laughs> full of them. It's on my fucking
0: card, full of analogies.
1: I mean, even I mean, our, thankfully our friendship was went a little bit deeper than that, but
0: of course it did. There was something, there was a kinship in us that, but the glue that held us together during those periods of time, the attractant in the glue was alcohol. I would
1: say I think back and there's I'm sure it will pop up on my Facebook feed or my Instagram memories or whatever it is. At some point, there's this picture like you would you would come to visit me and vice versa. Mm-hmm. It happened a couple of times, but you would come to visit me. You would you would you would sock a bunch of money away to come down for four or I five days. So
0: much money. In such right. A fr- yeah. Mm hmm.
1: And it was amazing, and so the whole thing—the picture was like two camping chairs with a fucking bottle of tequila and some micheladas, and a pack of cigarettes in the front lawn.
0: That was Napa, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: And so it's that was always the thing. Is like, well, we're gonna get together and we're gonna drink, so we need to be stocked up. So like, if you were coming to visit, I would have certain things, and I would have. And I remember at one point there was—I don't think there was any food. To be had, and you were like, "Fuck it, we're drunk, we're going to Denny's." And I was like, "No, nah, man, I don't want to go to Denny's." Like that was the, that was our argument that night. And so I remember like right cooking some shitty pasta, and I was like, and I that was the pasta putanesca, so it was basically like tuna fish and yep. penne. And <laughs> I remember trying, like, I took a picture of it because I thought that was what the world needed to see on Facebook from me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm just trying to keep us out of Denny's cooking dinner, right? Like.
0: Right. Is that I was like, I will proud pay for of? the cabinet Denny's, we'll get a moons over Miami and you're like, I don't want to leave this house. You're probably you're absolutely right. You're like, I'm too fucked up to leave this house and I'm like, No nah, right. man, we need pancakes. And that Putinesca right. was good. I was like, Good job, John. At least it wasn't so, then, I don't know now, but And but so you yeah. would
1: find a way somehow and it's not mm-hmm. easy when you're drunk, to spend eight or nine hundred dollars in a week if shorter Ooh, period dude, more time. than
0: that i would come stay with you in seattle and blow like two grand in a week like just go because you never cooked and i never cooked and so we would just eat Every- everything out we drink everything out and yeah i mean i would suck away tattoo money and a little sock would be like i'm going to seattle in two weeks or three weeks you know and sock off all of my extra push it all away and then yeah pay for the train ticket
1: and we would all blow yeah, so much money
0: yeah i wouldn't even come home with I wouldn't even come home with like any souvenirs or anything. I wouldn't even have a T-shirt with a space needle on it. I just have a horrible <laughs> hangover on the train home. Two cigarettes. Be like, but isn't God, that
1: boy. funny that you would save money for that? You know, like yeah, that we just would get all loaded
0: for like. Yes, and that was once again another bending of my morals, right? So I look mm-hmm. at my wife now and I'm like, how do we end up here, right? Like how 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 am I in my 40s? I've never owned a home. Like I've never. Done these things that I'm supposed to be, I guess, not supposed to, but these things that I idealized for myself. Like, I would have liked to have owned a home by this point and done these things. And I was like, did I just drink it all? And she's like, yeah, you drank most of it. She's like, but we moved a lot, too. Like, we move constantly. We're always, we're moving right now. You know, hopefully this will be the last move. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, like, there's a lot in my life that that bending immorals and being fucked up with money like, I really regret that a lot. But what can I do? It's That's past and done and I can't be mad at myself for it. It's like being mad that I wasn't born with a bigger dick or something. Like, do you know what I'm saying? like everybody <clears> going I'm like yelling yes. at God and being like, what's wrong with my wiener? What the mm-hmm. fuck? You know, like, I, that's just, it, it happened, it's done, and there's nothing I can do to change that. What I can change now going forward is the way I approach it now, you know, and learn from that shit. And learn from the bending of our morals and learn from the bending of our values and, you know mm-hmm. what, while we're talking about values too, like the things I value now, of course are different. We'll do the comparative thing again, but yeah, very different. Like what I value now, like before I got on this podcast, I had a brownie, I made brownies the other night, right? And it says cut 20 brownies out of this sheet cake. So I cut 20 brownies and I had my one 20th of a serving or whatever, 160 calories. And I like really loved that fucking brownie. Like I appreciated that brownie. Like I really did. I valued it while it was happening. I'm like, this is great. I'm enjoying every every minute of this. Whereas before, of course, those things you don't value. Those little tiny mm-hmm. things in life, you know. And yeah. it's just a brownie. But I, I guess it's my example of like what holds value to me now is what, what held value to me in 2012. You know.
1: Yeah. 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 Speaking of uh, what a bottle of Fireball baked goods, God
0: damn. <laughs> they yeah. didn't
1: have Fireball in 2012. Can you believe
0: that shit? I don't. did that? It. I drank Fireball though. They had it. Oh, I okay, drank maybe
1: it. you did. Maybe it was. Maybe it's been around a while. I don't know.
0: It has, because I was not sober when Fireball was out. Because I drank. Because everybody's like, "Yo, you want to do a shot of Fireball?" And I'm like, "Yeah, line up four, motherfucker. What are we doing here?"
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: it was just basically Yukon Jack. And anyway, it's basically
1: ahead. just rebranded Goldschlager or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah, pretty much. But uh, no, I had a bite of. Um, I had a bite of this cheesecake at work because.
0: And he had to run seven miles. To
1: work. <laughs> well, I only had one bite, and um, mm-hmm. I don't really fuck with cheese, and I don't really fuck with you know. I try not cake. to do sweet <laughs> cake, yeah, basically. But we didn't know I'll what fuck was with in it, cheese the... nor cake. Uh-huh. <laughs> the pastry chef had gone home, and I was like, "Well, we need to text her because we need to know like what's in the shit." And it's like we might as well just open one up and eat it because we got to sell it. And um, good to me. so it ended up being like, you know, fig, and I bite, and it was so good. I was like,
0: oh my God. I bet God. it was. It was rich as. Oh.
1: Man. And I'm like, that's probably, that bite was probably about 75 calories. It had to be. It
0: was ri- rich as Jeff Bezos, dude. He just took a bite <laughs> of Jeff Bezos.
1: And then all, we mm. get the recipe, and it turns out there's bourbon in it, Jerry.
0: That's why it was so good, dude. Ah, shit. You reset your date, didn't you?
1: So, no, no. I mean, I didn't taste any bourbon, I didn't feel any bourbon. I'm not like again, mm-hmm. for me it's about intention. So this will be the third time in that I know of in 5 years mm-hmm. that I've tasted booze since I quit. Yeah. But like I'm I was thinking I was rolling
0: my eyes thinking like about um, mine, but yeah.
1: You know, that I know of. Um, but that, you know, whatever. I didn't it I think it was so minimal. I think that, I don't know why they even put it in there, but whatever. But the thing is, is that I really appreciated that bite of cheesecake. And of course, and I didn't go back for another one, which is another one of my values is like, okay, well, yeah, because I'm really trying hard to focus on like feeling better and not eating myself to feeling bad and not just guilty, because I don't think that that's helpful. But to the point of feeling sick or too full, like I don't need to be Mm -hmm. full all the time, Jerry. No, no, you don't. (laughs) You know, and I think that that's something that I have replaced in my life is this feeling of like, well, I got to be full. I got to be full. You don't want to be hungry. And it's like, man, you've never really been hungry, John. You don't know. So hungry. So the values have changed, right? We're sitting here talking about cake. Um, And I know that I'm also not like beating myself up all the time about little things and, you know, whether or not... Whatever, man. You want to fucking tour in a movie? Tour in a movie. Um If it doesn't bother you, it doesn't bother you. If it doesn't... You know what I mean? Uh, what else was the other example I said? Run a yellow light? I mean, that's, that's kind of silly, but whatever. I mean, these I things... I know what you mean, though. These little things that we do every single day and just how... Well, do I want to get up earlier? Do I want to get up later? What are my patterns and my habits? Because it all kind of accumulates into your day, which... Then you have seven of those and then 30 of those or, you know, and then 52 of those. And then maybe you have a few of those. And now you got a few years and you've developed a set of values through the habits and patterns that you create each day. And so that's what I'm trying to get at. And we just I just chip away at it little by little, Mm -hmm. you know, the stuff with like the food, the food issues that I have. Right. And I don't want to um I certainly don't want to shame myself or anybody else for being fat or overweight. Cause that never helped me before when I was bigger.
0: You're right. Mm-hmm.
1: But I'm also like, okay, so let's reassess and let's really think about it, John. Let's critically think about how you are dealing with food and how it correlates to how you dealt with alcohol And I don't need to be drunk all the time. I don't need to be full all the time. It's okay to be hungry, and I can feed myself on less and less. I don't need to overindulge. I don't need to indulge my taste buds every single time. Like, what do I really want? Do I want to fucking eat a whole cheesecake, or do I want to feel good? Because I feel like Mm -hmm. shit when I eat too much, right? Right. We still do it. So those things, like... And of course, I'm not interested in lying or cheating or stealing just because it doesn't suit me anymore because I'm Mm. not trying to I'm not trying to manipulate anybody. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to spend my days just getting drunk. And it just felt like I felt like a fucking when I look back, it's like I felt like a fucking rat, like I would just come out of my hole and I was like, well, I got to get this and this and this and then I can go back. Like, I just felt like a. I don't know, like a stray dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? So,
0: yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. So do you think you gained this insight just purely by quitting alcohol? I you think know what it I mean? Was, like,
1: I think it was the first step. No. Right. But I wasn't gaining any insight while I was drinking.
0: Or, of course not. No.
1: Or I should say the insight was very little and it was extremely painful. So the gains were minimal. And the cost was high when I was drinking. It's almost like
0: lifting weights wrong or running wrong. Mm -hmm. Actually, this Mm -hmm. is a great metaphor for running because the gain is the gain is minimal and the pain is maximum. Right? So if Mm you run wrong, you don't stretch, you fucking try to sprint. You try to sprint Mm -hmm. a whole mile in your first go. Like you're gonna tear that ass up, dude. And you're not gonna learn shit. You're not gonna learn all you're gonna learn is your ass got torn up because you didn't stretch, you didn't do anything right, and you ran as fast as you could. For not even a quarter of a mile, and almost had a heart attack. Do you know what I'm saying? You're gonna give it up. You're gonna give it up because you gained a tiny bit, and you just learned that there's only pain related to it. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. like drinking. Mm -hmm. You know, drinking to be more charming, or drinking to gain friendships, or drinking to gain an affectation to your personality, or whatever it is. Like you don't Mm -hmm. really learn much about life no I mean you learn some things about life but even that is all bullshit glamour that's that whole fucking Kerouac Jack London fucking bullshit glamour of like oh all of life is in an this adventure and I'm a drunk pirate going through this adventure shut the fuck up no you weren't you were fucking banging Natty Ice in a one bedroom apartment with your fucking ten homies watching Sally Jesse Raphael dude that's what I <laughs> sounds was sounds like you've been there the before, Year was 1997 yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Ah, but I hate that fucking, that I do, I I, I I don't like to say it, but I hate that false glamorous narrative of alcohol, that narrative of it being like, oh, you're having an adventure, have a Mike's Hard Lemonade and go through the sex dungeon of Europe, you know, those stupid commercials they had, and that stupid narrative, they even have it in movies and shit, and they're mm. like, oh, where where once your inhibitions are dropped, where will you go? And it's like, you'll go nowhere, dude, you're gonna yep. go to fucking Denny's. Maybe, maybe Unless John makes the Putinesca, dude. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, you know, you're gonna go to Subway. You're, you're gonna, gonna eat fresh. You know, that's all he got, man. I all you can afford is a
1: cold cut combo, man. You can't get the you roast don't
0: beef. have adventures like that. People with money have adventures like that. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you ain't got no money. You're well, I, and, and, I, and listen, it, if you're like me, you ain't got no money. You know. So, so it's <laughs> yes.
1: Yes it's that and, long pause that long yes, john and, pause of like yeah mm-hmm. I think there can be adventures that can be had in sobriety I don't I don't I have Absolutely That's I have lived I, I have lived enough of the supposed glorification the 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 Hunter S Thompson and Bukowski-ification, Bukowski-ification mm-hmm. of, yes, of Bukowskification of <laughs> of life bukowski
0: Bukaskamizer
1: I have done that I lived in that little that one, that little tiny bedroom, that one bedroom house thing that you came to visit me in Napa, oh, yeah. that little mm-hmm. fucking dump of bungalow. a place, the bungalow. The bungalow. Thank you, yeah. that was the word I was looking yeah. for, the California bungalow. I've done it all, and it it doesn't go anywhere. It didn't go anywhere for me, and it's um, like
0: you're swashbuckling on the decks of the of a fucking oyster pirate. You know what? I mean? no. Anyway, go
1: ahead. No, and so I think that. I think that now the potential for adventure, I can plan for an adventure. I can save for an adventure. I can, I can choose to go and do something. I can go and say, hey, I'm going to go run a race around a volcano in Iceland. Now, granted, things are, the world's a little bit crazy right now, but I could do that if I wanted to. I could make the plan. I could save the money. I could buy the ticket. And I could go and do that in a year or two, um, or three. In a
0: year, that's what I'm saying. You can't really have adventures unless you have money,
1: right? So you gotta. But yeah, but now I have the ability. Adventures. I have the ability and the time to make that money, right? So I. I, Whereas before, that was not even that would be seen as fucking stupid, and a waste. God. Yeah.
0: Right. So. You know what? Make this volcano much better. Me shitting my pants with a hangover
1: <laughs> right, yeah, like yeah, <clears throat> and so i just I just look at it now, I really I appreciate the life that I have, and I appreciate the values that I have developed in sobriety. you said, um do you think that quitting drinking uh helped is all that you did to to gain these values and absolutely not right I had to relearn from this from scratch what was right mm-hmm. and what was wrong I had to relearn from scratch that you don't treat people in a certain way I had to retrain my own fucking brain to not be selfish I still feel it I still I'm of constantly Isn't that crazy I'm still constantly judging people sizing people up looking at how I can take advantage of them looking uh-huh. and I have to stop absolutely. myself and go like hey mm-hmm. man Like, that's not going to get you what you want. You've already done that. And I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, how can I get money from that person? How can I get attention from that Mm -hmm. person? How can I get... You're not alone.
0: I just, I want to interrupt and say, listen, you are not alone in that feeling. I'm (laughs) over here nodding my fucking head because I agree Mm -hmm. with you. I do the same exact thing. And I feel like that's, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's, I can't attribute it all to the alcoholic mind. Those are learned behaviors that orbit within the alcoholic mind, right? Mm-hmm. But I do the same thing. I, I do the exact same thing. I always, not always, but you know, I find myself going back there a lot and not, I, I just don't act on it anymore. I just think it. Mm-hmm. How can I manipulate the situation? How can I put myself on top of the situation? I need yeah. to be on the, on the upper end of the situation where it benefits me. I don't act through it though. I just let everything play out the way it plays out now though. Instead of just yeah. being like, "Well, how do I manipulate this?" or "Or look at that fucking dumb motherfucker over there," <laughs> you know, my brain will do that for a second, and I'm like, "Yo, dude, you're that dumb motherfucker over there." This is really funny because I worked with a guy who's—it's going to be there's going to be a point to this. I worked with this this guy who was a fat guy, and he hated mm-hmm. other fat people. All he did was talk shit about other fat people all the time. He was totally a fat guy, and when I was a fat guy. I used to make fun of fat guys all the fucking time. I'd see a fat guy jogging down the street and I'd be like, uh, what are you doing? That's stupid. You look stupid. And now when I see an overweight person jogging, I'm like, kill it, get it. Like you can do it because I did it. I'm pretty sure you can do it too. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. but my, 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 my whole ideas have changed. The morals and values have changed because of a change in myself as a person, you know? And I think you're the same way. Um, I don't know yeah. what the point of that story was. But I guess no. I guess the point was that the morals and values have changed once you find a paradigm shift within yourself, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I used to be the same way. I remember having a conversation with Rashida about it, and she said something like, like, do you, do you not like or do you hate? Like, do you have resentment toward other fat people? And I was like, I don't remember what my answer was now, but I was mm-hmm. kind of like, no, not really. But, like, I just... It's not attractive or it's not this. And, and mm-hmm. whatever my, whatever my answer was, <clears throat> it was all geared toward myself.
0: Absolutely. All of it. 100% mirror, of it. Man. Hold it up. I Hold was up just mirror, hating
1: man. myself because mm-hmm. that's what I saw. So the things that I saw that I thought that I hated or was, Damn. or thought was gross or mm-hmm. was, or was resentful toward was everything that I didn't like in myself. It had nothing to and do with those trip. other people. Yeah. And I know. And just that—that—that's that
0: cliche though that they always tell you, and it's the fucking truth, you know. Yeah, it's true. It's all true. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I don't—I try not to judge people, but those those thoughts roll around in my head, and at this point right. in my recovery, at this point in my development, like I—I I catch myself thinking those thoughts, mm-hmm. and I go, "Hang on, that's not going to help." Yes, I still need the thing that I want I still want the attention or I still think I want the attention I still think I want the money I still think I need this thing or this person or whatever it is but do I really and so then I kind of have to backtrack and go like okay what do you really need John do you really need Mm -hmm. the affirmation what do you need affirmation for what is it that you that you can't get from yourself what is it that you're looking for in this other person do you know that if mm-hmm. you that if you put all of your eggs into this basket of this other person that you're just setting yourself up for disappointment? Yeah, I know yeah. that, but I still kinda want it. Well, what, what part <laughs> of you really wants it, right? Like what is that, that that ego part, that alcoholic part, that that needy fucking addict part that is like right. gimme, gimme, gimme. So I think those are those are values that I see shift in my own head. Right, right. of like Okay, so just pull back from that and reassess. Everything's fine. You don't need anything. You're doing okay. Right? It's mm, just something that I've noticed late, as of late, that I've been dealing with, struggling with.
0: That cheesecake was good, though, huh?
1: <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> it was so good. Like, And maybe it's because I don't usually fuck maybe with any of that the stuff. The bourbon was in it, though. It's yeah, right? Maybe the
0: bourbon, though, just sparked awesome. everything up, and you're like, whoa! Oh. No, I, no. I don't like cheesecake. No, but you bring up very valid points. And the fact that you can recognize it shows growth in your values, shows shows growth in you as a human. I think when we talk about these things, I would like to stress on my end at least that I, the fact that I can recognize these things doesn't make me feel like I'm infallible. Or doesn't make me feel like I'm no. superior in any way or better than anyone or any of that shit. I just... Can recognize it, and then from there, I have to figure out how not to do it anymore. That's the hard part. Mm-hmm. I apologize a lot in my life to people, and I always say, "Well, I'm not. I don't know why I did that," or I explain why I did what I did. That was a negative thing that made someone else feel bad. And then I, I, I have to mentally tell myself, "Don't do that again." But then I end up doing it again later. So it's like this thing. Yeah. It's like this Sisyphean feat where I'm just rolling this turd ball up a hill, and I keep having to do it every morning. And eventually maybe I'll get it over and maybe I won't, dude. Maybe that's just life. You just recognize it and move on and try not to do it again. And hopefully the people you're with are patient or forgiving enough if you keep making the same mistake over and over again to roll with you. you know, It's difficult, man. It's weird shit. It's, it's yeah. also hard. But the fact you're recognizing it and then expressing it and seeing it in yourself, it's like you know the animal now. You can look, mm-hmm. You can point at it and say, that's a jackal. I know that's a mm-hmm. jackal. I need to avoid that jackal, but hmm. then the next day you're like, "Well, I'll pet the jackal a little bit." You know what I mean? Like it's just, just. I still want to pet life. the jackal. So do I, dude. But like, you know what I mean? I don't want to sleep in the cage with it anymore. You know? But I'll reach yeah. it and give it a poke. You know? But so uh-huh. whenever I would hear people in recovery talk about that, and I bring it up over and over again, it must be a big resentment of mine. But how they have it figured out, or they try to make it seem like they haven't figured out. I just, I just, it always turns me off, man. Because I'm right. like, no, nah, well, man. I, This this is a program of faults, and we need to all have faults here. You know, the goal is trying to figure out how to fix the faults. Anyway, go ahead.
1: Uh huh. I was gonna say, pet pet the jackal sounds like a fucking spinal Uh tap album. Um. It does. (laughs) (laughs) Pet fucking jackal. And I I was also jackal. I think if we the the Sisyphean um feat of trying to push the turd ball. If I, yeah, pushing, ball, if I keep pushing, if I keep if I keep trying to push that turd ball, I'm gonna get shit all over my hands, right?
0: You will, but that's unavoidable. Like we just maybe next time, bring, when you get up in your little shack, put gloves on
1: the next so, morning.
0: So to, to take, take your, your
1: <laughs> <laughs> so to take your metaphor a little bit further, so the Sisyphus yeah. is you know the whole the whole myth of Sisyphus is that it's a punishment, right? Because he went against Zeus right. or whatever. I don't know the whole story, but he's doing it this because is wild it's a punishment. Shitty.
0: He so, fuck like Zeus's favorite goat or something. It mm-hmm. was like, don't.
1: So, so, it's a punishment. And if, if I am sitting here trying to manipulate situations, if I am trying to get things from people or get people to do things for me, like the punishment is that I don't ever get what I want. And no. a big thing that we talk about in recovery is letting go and surrender. And maybe we need to let go of the fucking turd ball, stop trying to push it up the hill. And that's the whole goal. And I don't, I don't purport to have it all figured out, right? I mean, no, neither. This is just my thought process that I'm able to. Of course, I can see it a little bit better. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I do it anyway, even though I see it. And sometimes I see it too late. Um, But the whole, the whole idea is to just let the turd ball go down the hill Hmm. and not get, get keep keep the shit off your hands.
0: That's it. That's the that's the new uh AIFA t-shirt. It just say really big on the back, let the turd ball go. Let the turd ball go. And then in front of be a pair of shitty hands. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. That's so gross. <clears throat> it's gross. I'm sorry We're I gonna, did that. I'm going to start designing it tonight. Yeah, get 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 cracking on it.
1: I'm going to get on Canva get and make a uh <sighs> make a nice design. Let
0: the turd ball go. <laughs> um That's our motto now, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: So but yeah, that's man. right.
0: You're absolutely right. You don't have to roll that boulder uphill. I guess you, you don't. Do. It feels like it though, dude.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. it does. Right. It does. There's so many days where it does, and then there are yeah. days where it doesn't. There's days where I get enough sleep, and I wake up refreshed, and my neck doesn't hurt, and like yeah. nothing hurts, and that's great. And so I'm gonna be like, oh, and it's important too. I think it's easy to forget when things are good, right? When we hear, you hear a lot about of relapses. Course. A lot of the stories I hear about relapses, it was such a beautiful day. I just it was a great day for a Michelob Ultra. And then I was, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you hear that shit. Oh, uh-huh. and then it's like right back uh, off to the races, as they say. So I think when things go really well, too, I try to mm-hmm. assess in the moment, if I can, um... What's happening and why it happened, and how I can repeat that and how I can recreate that. And basically, I'm I think I'm just constantly fourth stepping every thought that I have, which is fucking exhausting. And I think but that's, that's part what of, you're supposed to
0: be doing, though. That's part <coughs> of the thing, right. isn't it? I mean, isn't that part of the thing, right? They're always like, Well, I've got to do a fourth step on it. I mm-hmm. guess maybe, maybe, dude, maybe you just leveled up and didn't realize it.
1: Ding, ding, ding. So yeah, ding, and you ding, know. Ding. <laughs> So yeah, then you know that's when the prayer meditation kicks in but that's why it's at the end of the steps, right? Right. So Right, 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 right. to kind of calm the brain down. But I just I just really like this concept of the 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 drinking and the alcoholic behavior was a violation of my values and I want to get back mm-hmm. to those. So I'm that's what this whole recovery process to me is about getting back to those ideals, not that I'm always mm-hmm. going to live them, not that I'm always going to be able to, not that I'm always going to feel like it. And some days I'm going to, I'm not going to sleep very well and I'm not going to eat very well. I'm going to feel shitty about myself and the world and I'm probably going to lash out. But right. I have a better, I'm better equipped than I was last year and I'm better equipped
0: than I was mm-hmm. five years ago, six yeah. years ago. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So Absolutely Yeah, absolutely. And just sort of
1: recognizing who's the person. You know, the other thing, Jerry, that I wanted to I wanted to ask you about or talk to you about was another thing I heard in a Zoom meeting was they were talking about the higher power and somebody was an atheist and something, something, something. And like, you know, this is a this is a thing that that troubles a lot of people is the God concept. And mm-hmm. we say higher power, but really what it is, I think to me is like, I need to find something outside of me, right? I need to get outside. Yeah. I need to find something that's outside of me. Now, the mm-hmm. idea of a higher power is just an ideal, right? I just want it to be a better, a bigger, a, a higher power than me. I want it to be a, a, <clears throat> a higher version of myself. So that's what I'm kind of looking to strive toward. That's what I'm looking to lean on is the better version of myself. So it's Mm -hmm. like I think too often I hear higher power and I'm immediately like God above me, right? Like that's the feeling because it's higher. It's a higher (sighs) power. Right. So like it can radiate from wherever outside of me. It doesn't need to be Mm -hmm. the man Jesus cometh to, you know, absolve me but if, if that works for you too that's cool you know like right I think no this, not for it, me I, is that from Stephen K is that from the yeah. dark tower they call him the man, the man Jesus, Jesus. Yes. yeah that's what yeah. they call him
0: the dark tower yeah
1: uh huh yeah so I just thought it was just an interesting thing that I wanted to bring up was this like it doesn't have to be the higher something
0: outside of yourself it doesn't have to be something bigger than you what you're saying is it just has to be something outside of yourself yeah or does it? I think yeah. so I like that concept. Yeah, I like it. It just I'll makes it easier
1: it. for me to to look for I'll it, and it, it makes it easier for me to to find it. It makes it easier for me to feel it. I don't know, mm-hmm.
0: but that no, like, absolutely. We gotta <coughs> work with whatever concepts we can to get through this shit, dude. Mm-hmm. And if that. That and I, I feel like it's a pretty sound concept. And if the man Jesus is your concept, roll with it. It, We all got to get through this. Yes, we don't have to get through it in one piece, but we all got to get through it peacefully. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's
1: the other T-shirt.
0: Yeah, you're welcome.
1: Um. (laughs) (laughs) We all got to get through it peacefully. It's true. Um.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, as peacefully as we can.
1: Are there any last words, Jerry? Do you have any last no, words? I mean, you, be safe uh, out there. Be careful. Yeah.
0: Wash them fucking hands. Wash wear them Wear that hands. mask. Dude, just wear the mask. It's not that hard. It's really not. I got to use this platform now. I just do yes, it everywhere. Please, Instagram, please. I do it everywhere. But my platform now on the podcast, I'm like, just wear a mask. Over your nose, too. Don't be dangling your fucking nose out. Don't cover your nose, yo. Come on. I want to go outside and be near people. I hate people so much, but man... I'm telling you, the first time I hug a person that's not my wife, I'm gonna fuck cry like a baby, dude. I can't handle it. Ugh. Do you want, Do you want me to meet you in San uh, Sacramento for a hug? We'll meet. We'll meet. To... Yeah, we'll meet right in the middle on the boom hug, and then just separate <laughs> out. I went and took an antibody test uh the day before yesterday. Yeah. Negative. Never had the Rona. I thought I had it. I really did. I thought I had mm-hmm. it in uh, early February, and it turns out mm-hmm. it was just the flu and i'm not fighting the rona now because they check for antigens too to see if you're currently fighting the infection Mm -hmm. so as it is i don't have rona never had rona and uh yeah weird man yeah super weird super Um, grateful i'm not sick but also like fuck you know
1: yeah stay safe dude it's not yeah it ain't that hard and i i think that you know for those i mean you've talked about it before but both your parents caught it and it was not it was not fun it was and that's a stressful thing to go through. Dude, it was my, fucked up, man. Yeah. My mom's in a high-risk, you know, uh, age bracket as well. And mm-hmm. that's what I try to think about is I think about my mother. And that's what really spurs me to wash my hands and, you know, leave the mask on. And, um, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. So, yeah, do that out there. Don't drink. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Don't be having <laughs> no giant Thanksgiving party if this is out before Thanksgiving. I don't think it will be,
1: but if you... Oh.
0: Well, fuck them. (laughs) Fuck your family. Don't go see them. They're assholes. (laughs) They might be. (laughs) So, yes. They might be. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving.
1: Stay safe. Be well. Yeah. Take care of yourself and people around you. Yeah. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com.
0: And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at A's for Alcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah.